Chara Supply Chain. Highlighting and showcasing solutions for the most complex challenges facing the industry in 21st century by our team of subject matter experts and mentors. Broadcasting every week all year round, we will present the most up-to-date series of podcasts and webinars. Hello and welcome to another a new episode of Ijara Supply Chain. And today we have very special guest, uh, Alexander Sidorek. He is an expert in industry transformation and supply chain uh, digitalization. He's based in Switzerland. Hi, Alex. Thanks for being on here and it's great to have you on the show. Hi, uh, greetings, Nohadi, and greetings everyone who are listening for this podcast. It's uh, certainly a great pleasure to be here today with all of you. So in today's episode, we'll be talking about industry transformation. Before we get started, Alex, can you please brief a bit about yourself and your professional background? Sure, absolutely. It's my pleasure. Um, well, let me only start on the personal side. Um, I'm originally from Latvia, so a small Baltic country you know, between the Lithuania and Estonia. So together with my wife and three kids, uh, we are currently living in Switzerland. So we are situated close to the Olympic city of Lausanne on the shore of the Geneva Lake. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the uh, my professional background, so if I try to synthesize it, so it's 18 years of basically challenging legacy of uh, supply chain management at major Fortune Fortune 500 companies. And I'm talking about the Procter & Gamble, Johnson & Johnson, Caterpillar, Holtzing, and Olohm Group. Basically, what created my broad range of experience, you know, starting from consumer goods, farm, automotive, and agri-food sectors, and actually with opportunity to lead the functions in logistics, operations, manufacturing, and, and procurement. Building on my end-to-end knowledge, you know, how value chains operate, I was happy to join six months ago a leading U.S. headquartered 20 billion tech solutions provider, Cognizant where I'm currently leading uh, the practice related to supply chain technology in food and and consumer goods verticals. Yeah. Um, Free time? um, Well, free time, if I have it, actually, I've dedicated it to my PhD project. You know, recently I decided to also challenge myself academically and I'm researching the topic, which is very close to my heart about the autonomous supply chain systems, right? Because it's really an area that fascinates me considering all the latest advancements that we are witnessing today thanks to the industry 4.0. Oh, okay, Alex. Uh, talking about uh, industry uh, transformation, uh, you probably know that Industry 4.0 has been a major force uh, framing the sociality, uh, economic, and technological environment after uh, 2010, right? So right. what industry trends do you see developing over the next five to 10 years from now? You know, it's, well, this might differ, you know, um, my my point of view might differ from, you know, the, the ones that you might normally hear on this topic. Yeah. Because I have own view on those developments in this domain. Um, normally, I would be talking about the four main trends, right? So the first one where I would like to reflect on is connected and digital ecosystems. Because based on research that I'm doing and also considering various trends 
that I observed with my daily job, I suddenly see the shift that started, you know, moving from integrated enterprises through evolution of the connected supply networks in some industries, we are already talking about truly digital ecosystems that also activated thanks to the emergence of various marketplaces. Mm -hmm. The second, we can call, say it is digital twins and decentralization. As much as being discussed about digital twins, I see that still many companies are behind on this agenda. But at the same time, if we look in the long term, uh, this is going to create really transformative shift towards more decentralized models because central control will not be needed anymore once the digital twins are really fully mature and implemented in the specific businesses. This links us to the third element, which is servitization economy. This is an area actually I'm super passionate about. And I'm actually going to also to release a couple of publications in the next few months about this topic. Because thanks to the Internet of Things, we are witnessing the shift towards the self-service models and consumer IoT is actually helping us also in activating a true circularity in its meaning. Yeah. And the fourth one, I call it, is a, I, would, I would say it's supply chain compression. Right, so mm. the 3D printing and few other technologies are really helping you know, to achieve kind of the ideal state of supply chain. Yep. I was doing some reflections on this in my latest publications uh, over LinkedIn, where I said the ideal supply chain is when the function is performed, basically the product is consumed by the consumer at the right place, but there is actually no need to supply it. That means that kind of the factory is located at the consumer's home, right? And when you yeah. combine it with kind of servitization and self-service models, there is something new is emerging. And I certainly look forward, you know, seeing how it becomes real within the next uh, four to five years. I think mm -hmm. those would be, you know, my key four reflections uh, on, on the core trends. So Alex, what are the driving factors of enterprise and transformation? You know, here, I always say, would say it would arrive from industry. It would depend on the company and it also would depend on the context, on the business context of specific organization or even ecosystem. Yeah. But let's try a bit to generalize, even it's not always easy, but there are for sure some macro trends, right, that are shaping industries. And we don't need to mention here the situations like COVID and, and some other black zones. But in general, look, what is happening in the business these, these days? The complexity is increasing, right? The complexity of the external world, the companies or some of the companies being growing organically and non-organically, reaching the state and the size when it's really getting challenging, right, to, to navigate them and to drive the growth because of the inherited internal complexity yeah mm -hmm. the second element would be is uncertainty right mm -hmm. because again as we mentioned the block swan black swans um there are many different regulatory landscape there are macro and micro factors in specific countries the levels of uncertainty really increasing and partially it's being fed by the complexity and all this gets complicated by the speed Right? So increasing speed of 
changes, increasing speed of any product becoming a commodity, right? Uh, well, mm. look at technology, right? Technology, to a certain extent, is not anymore the competitive advantage because in many areas, it's already a commodity. Um, another factor that is driving the enterprise transformation is existence of internal boundaries and silos. There are still many businesses where the internal, internally, you know, I would say the right hand doesn't know what the left is doing. And it's not the fact that, you know, people don't share it with each other. It's just the way how legacy systems were built and the access to the information and the lack of this visibility, putting a serious constraint that currently, currently one of the major drivers, right, to embark on the enterprise transformation, to embark on the digital transformation, across across different industries mm-hmm. and and the last point is need for continuous business model reinvention because of the speed because of the uncertainty right because of the complexity basically it's very hard to sustain the competitive advantage they're continuously emerging new consumption patterns uh, sustainability agenda is putting additional pressure on the business and many other organizations the whole ecosystems need to rethink how they collaborate, how they establish partnerships, and how they also reach or serve specific markets. So quite a lot of the modern, um, I would say in the modern enterprise agenda, and uh, for sure it's one of the major challenges, right, for the executive committee members and CXO members actually um, defining the right path towards the kind of the future-proof transformation journeys. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Uh, So you just mentioned about a few factors that uh, driving the transformation, right? Such as uh, complexity and uncertainty that is really increasing now in many of enterprises. So in your view, Alex, what exactly the key challenges and opportunities for the industry transformation? Probably you could share your, your experience by giving a few examples of stories when you did successfully manage the project of transformation with the team. Well, here I would say, you know, it depends. Because... Again, often every industry and company, you know, they are unique. Um, and that's actually the reason why I'm always against kind of the, you know, template-based approach towards, you know, the cloud clients and the partners. Right. And that's actually maybe also where the role like, my, like mine, it creates sometimes very interesting feeling because you feel like being an anthropologist or even detective, right? Is the every situation requires own range of investigations and hypotheses. Right. But if we try to abstract, so in my opinion, one of the key challenges is inability to take really a bird eye view on the nature of its business and often the specific organizations or specific companies rush to do a patchwork instead of the redesigning the whole DNA and the fabric of the enterprise. That mm-hmm. is example, right? So, oh, we need to run and digitize our supply chain, right? Mm-hmm. Or we need to 
uh, I don't know, implement a new, new transport management system. Or no, we need basically to, uh, to run and build the whole e-commerce channel right, for the business because of the intention to move into the, uh, from B2B sector into the direct-to-consumer sector. Yeah. But what often happens, it often results in the issues when the right technology might be implemented, but it's done in the silos or in, in the environment when business and operations are actually not ready for it. Mm. But people are not onboarded. Uh, the organization is not aligned on the objectives and expectations. Um, there is a lack of the talent, right? And the procedures are still, you know, designed like the business would operate in the old ways of doing things and running the things. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, um, it ends, ends up in the, in, the, in the frustrations. And that's, I think you hear also in some speakers were told in, in this webcast, we're also we're talking about or giving some warnings, right? Because doing this wrong might actually, you know, undermine all the strategic initiatives enterprise of the enterprise and roll it back actually maybe even few years um, back, right? Because it will need to kind of the recover the damage. So at the same time, you also will be surprised um, how much we are still talking about the basics in supply chain management, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, from the trans- fabric of the transformation itself, we are still talking about the accuracy of the data. We are still talking about integration of manufacturing execution systems. We are still talking about the getting proper asset visibility across manufacturing, then across the whole supply chain. And that's why I'm always reminding, you know, everyone, you know, in the groups or in the uh, client meetings and the work that it's very important to get excellent on the level, on that level, on the tactical level, right, on the basic level before moving to the next stage. Why? Because actually, you know, even the example of the digital twin, digital twin of your supply chain will be as healthy as your basic things, right? That you are doing daily. Yeah. And if you are not good in those basics, no technology is going to close the gap. Mm-hmm. And that's again, will be one of the reasons why in some cases, the frustration might, uh, might, might, might appear in the organization and why some projects actually might, uh, might fail so that would be kind of the you know challenges and and, and opportunity areas to look into but in many cases it, it's indeed we are talking about still about basics and getting the basics right that serves serves really this minimal need before embarking on um, you know any kind of the serious transformation journey for the enterprise mm-hmm. All right. So uh, let's move to another topic, which is related to the tool of, of or uh, technology. So do you think that the tool or technology play an important role for uh, transformation? So how, how actually does it work, Alex? Well, you know, yes, it plays highly important role, but because, you know, from one side, it's going to help you to accelerate transformation and future-proof your business. Yeah. But, and the main reason is that it will support you with visibility, information mm. on your fingertips, scenario simulation opportunities, you know, that you couldn't imagine before. Mm-hmm. Unique thing about technology 
that it can help established businesses operate and grow with the same pace as some of the most successful unicorns, you, you know, unicorns we saw over the past 15 years. Well, for sure, Tyrannus project is not maybe the best example here, but still. But this is applicable in cases when you, your team and company operate as orchestra under condition that all of you know the right place, the right time and the right rhythm to follow. Otherwise, again, as I mentioned before, technology got its shadow part. Behind it is very easy to hide, you know, and blame it for the issues that are actually created on a human level of interactions within the enterprise. And this least actually connects to your uh, previous question about, you know, success stories and the transformation projects uh, with, with the teams. Again, I would like to put it like successful projects for sure do not arise right in isolation from unsuccessful or other unsuccessful ones. Otherwise, we wouldn't learn, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And also interesting, also observation and from my experience, because of the ability to work in the different industries, some projects that I'm considering highly successful for one industry, I would actually consider very trivial for other industries. Because this element of maturity between the industries or within the industry, between the companies, is so different. And again, that's basically just means that we always need to be sensitive to the particularity of the situation and particularity of the company that we are dealing dealing with this with, right? Mm-hmm. But what was always and, and still helping me in the projects, you know, be it leveraging Internet of Things to fully automate logistics operations, build new production capabilities in emerging countries, or helping the home company to shift to the retail sectors, I would say three core elements. First of all, and unfortunately, there is sometimes tendency to do that. We should avoid shortcutting on diagnostics assessment and benchmarking. There should be no rush into the specific solution because there is no silver bullet, right? And there is never one size fits all. There are no templates, just a bespoke analysis, hypothesis, and validation. Why this is important? Because this helps to create really new opportunities when the company, you know, transforming itself, not just in order to, you know, to run at the same speed as its competitors, but rather to run it on another trail alone. And this element of the diagnostics is, I think, is very crucial to make it really successful. Mm-hmm. Second, mm-hmm. Um, what also helps, and this, this recommendation is applicable, it doesn't matter whether you were working for the service provider for your client or you are actually one of the stakeholders and you want to drive your own initiative within your enterprise. I think what is important is that we all sit down you know, and we imagine the future together, be it, you know, with your client or with your stakeholders. Because this gives this joint imagination process creates you the environment where you co-create the journey together, challenging the biases and, and fixedness. Mm-hmm. It allows you know the new ideas and opportunities to evolve, builds trust, and most importantly, creates this level of confidence in each other to go through the journey together right? Um, because the road is going to be bumpy. There is no any single transformation that would be easy, easy and light. And the last one, um, I think what was when it comes to the really teams itself, right? And uh, I've been actually had a pleasure to 
to work and lead one of the most brilliant and great teams in, in the companies. But actually the key factor, and that was one of the conversations actually I recently had with some of my colleagues, what makes team really successful is the right level of neurodiversity in the team. Mm. We sometimes as a human beings, right, tend to work or build the teams of the like-minded individuals. Unfortunately, at the certain stage or especially at the times of the transformation, this is the one factor that actually can undermine everything. And that's why, in my opinion, the best progress was done when, you know, you get into your team, the people who who often disagree with you, Mm -hmm. right? Or also come from other domains of the business, right? And also you're certainly encouraged to collaborate with your strategic partners within your ecosystem because it's all this ensures that you don't miss on your own blind spots because the role of the leader who is in charge of the transformation and doesn't matter if you are transforming the normal company into the new business model or if you are transforming the supply chain and so on, you always have the blind spots. And the more diverse the team, the more it ensures that you don't miss on that and that you capture all the important opportunities that might arise during the journey. Mm-hmm. So that would be my kind of the... Um, my kind of the reflections with regards to the what makes the uh, transformation project successful. And uh, and again, having the right teams, having the right basics, right. and then the tools will help. If you have the wrong basics, if the teams and organizations are not very well aligned, unfortunately, there will be the cases when the technology will be even making things work worse okay uh, all right uh, very interesting alex uh, i actually still have a couple of questions alex but we are running out of time so thank you again for joining us today alex this was really really nice conversation and i look forward to speaking with you at another time thanks a lot for this invitation of hadi and uh, hope the listeners uh, will will take some lessons and will enjoy this conversation thank you At Bichara Supply Chain, we are committed to driving global perspective to embrace technological adaptation in improving process efficiencies. Don't forget to subscribe, like and share Bichara Supply Chain and stay tuned for the latest updates. To learn more, visit our website www.bicharasupplychain.com. Thank you for listening to us. We look forward to seeing you at our next episode.